Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 104 of Midweek Metagame. I'm Harry MTG, only joined by one of my regular co-hosts this week, Gabriel Nassif. Hey, Harry. Hey, everyone. Hopefully, everyone's have ha, has had a good week. Sadly, Pat is not with us this week as uh, he's busy with work and is very tired because he's actually started to teach. I think for those who have followed the podcast, you should all know by now he's a chemist. And uh, actually, Oxford University has got him working in uh, tutorials, I believe, if I'm correct. And he's working with students. So good on him. But we're here to talk about magic this week, as always, as you're interested. We're going to be getting into the most recent Mox event. So we're going to be talking about that, as well as our personal modern testing. As well as, Gab, I think you said you have done some historic this past week. And also, towards the end of this episode... You know, we were talking to Twitch chat before we start recording, and uh, they got us kind of in our feels talking about um, what is it, angle shooting in Magic, because people are only coming back into tournaments. So we're going to have a bit of story time at the end of this episode as well. But as always, every episode of Midweek Metagame is sponsored by Card Market. For those who don't know, they sponsor the podcast. So I have to let you know that they're an online marketplace to buy anything, not only Magic the Gathering, but card game related. So it could be Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, whatever. And you can also sell on there. You can sell, buy singles, accessories, everything. Go check them out, carmarket.com or carmarket.eu. If you personally would like to support the podcast, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash midweekmetagame. There's no pressure to do so, but if you go there, support us, then you can also join the Patreon Discord, get in the conversation, ask us questions, everything. But yeah, I think that's about it for the introduction. Dude, you do that so well, honestly. I mean, you do have a note that open, right, was everything? No, nope. still really it's all, all on the head. Yeah, all wow. on the head. Thank you. Thank you. But yeah. like I said, are you getting me blushing now? I mentioned the mocks of this past week, wasn't it? Gab, yeah. I think you watched the mocks or at least you kept track of what was happening. So why don't you break it down for the people who weren't aware it was happening? Yeah, the mocks is for those of you who don't know, it's a tournament that you can qualify for via Magic Online. And it's one of the biggest price pulls that we have left. It's $70,000 split in eight players. And the format is pretty sweet. It's not a ton of rounds, which I think is maybe a shame, but uh, format super sweet. It was three rounds of draft and three rounds of modern, three rounds of vintage cube draft. And the way it works is there's these rounds and then there's just one finals and this finals is between the person who freed the draft and the person who freed modern and if the same person frees both they just straight up win no finals um, i don't think that's happened yet so we we got a proper final this time and it was between marcella almeida uh linda mazzini i think on magic online against nico boni who's an old school magic player, uh, whereas Marcella started playing more recently, I think only maybe three or four years ago. Um, and yeah, she, she threw the draft was the vintage cube draft was super solid. Grix's deck, everything you would want. I think she had expressive iteration, good removal, good discard, good creature, really good mana. She had six or seven dual lands and a uh, Nico Boney freed the modern portion was hammer time slashing black. I was rooting for my friend, Logan, a friend, teammate, testing partner, uh, Logan Nettles, the, on, the Magic Online legend, Jabberwocky on Magic Online. And uh, he he did okay in both, He but but not quite good enough. I think he won the first round both times. He was playing um, 
his vintage cube draft was a little rough. He was a future drafter, and they did a cool thing where you see his draft, and you also see at the same time on the same screen the drafter to his right and the drafter to his left. So that's something they've been doing for the mocks coverage, and I think the viewers appreciate it. In modern, he decided to just play four-color Omnath, kind of the canister deck. I think it was 80 cards Yorion, and he made a he made kind of a heartbreaking mistake. In I think it was in round two against Nico Boni in the third game, where he basically played Ren and six, not realizing he didn't have a fetch line in his yard because you were they were like you know turn six, seven, eight. I don't remember exactly, but you just assume you have something in your yard, right? So you play Ren and six, and then you look at the graveyard and you're like, whoops. Oh um, yeah, I get you. And I think I think that cost him maybe the game in the match. So that was a little rough. I was streaming the Modern Challenge and I was watching at the same time, you know, in between rounds. Uh, it it was fun. Um, and then the finals, it, it was it was Modern and Nico Boni uh, won one was hammer time against Marcella's uh, team Rhino deck. It mm. was kind of close. I think it was two one, but I don't. I think the games were somewhat one sided. The third game, I think, was pretty one sided in favor of Nico. Um, but yeah, it was it was a fun event, and in some ways for the viewers, it's cool that it's not like a million rounds. You know, it was just one day event, boom, done on the Saturday, so that was cool. Yeah, definitely. I'm disappointed that I didn't get to catch it. Um, I've I've just been so busy with school and haven't really been keeping an eye on Twitch in general. So I'm glad. I'm I'm surprised by that structure. To be honest, it seems really quick. Because to me, when you say mocks, I'm thinking. 24 people, they fly out, they play so many rounds. It's almost like a mini Worlds, but for Magic Online. Yeah. So is this like a permanent change? Are they just doing these like six round events now? I can't remember if they changed it because of COVID or if it was already like that. I think it might be because of COVID. I actually qualified for the mocks a few years ago. It was mm -hmm. it's one of the best events. It's so fun. As you said, they fly you out to Seattle, 24 player on Magic Online. You get to play in Wizards Headquarter. You do a little tour. There's, you know, lunch and dinner with everyone every day. They just cater, you know, order some food. There's catering and stuff. So I really enjoyed my experience and make you, you know, make sure you have a good time. And uh, yeah, they've been doing that. Instead, it's like instead of having one big mox with 24 players, I think maybe there's one mox every three months or so. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes, $70,000, $20,000 for first. The the Mox Prize pool was also no joke. I think it was maybe 40k for first. And, wow. Yeah, no, it was a it's it, it and you know, despite the fact like in, it felt like every other tournament kind of the price pools got lower, the Mox is actually still a uh, fairly high stakes, you know, but it is it is really hard to qualify. Um I think there's still some open qualifiers you can kind of just one shot it you know win the right tournament but uh, there's also leaderboard and whatnot or mm -hmm. i lose track i think there's slots for leaderboard slots for like these one shot open qualifiers and then maybe these tournaments where you top eight one which qualifies you for a 32 player tournament and if you win that tournament then you qualify there's a ways to qualify so yeah wow. okay that's that's what I'm thinking now is if you're saying there's so much money going into the mocks, I wonder, do you think they're making profit on qualifiers and Magic Online that lead up to the mocks, or do you think they're running at a loss? Nah, I'm guessing they're making profits, right? These these Magic Online events are not great EV for the players. And when I say a lot of money, 
I mean, sure, 20K uh, is a lot, 70K for only eight players is a lot, but when you think about the grind behind it, it's it's not like, oh, you can plan on it. It's eight players out of the hundreds of players who compete on Magic Online, so, you know, mm-hmm. a, 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 you know, a lot of money might be, you know, it, it's all relative, obviously. Yeah, I get you, I get you. Okay, okay. Was there any sort of interesting thing that happened in the mocks or was it just kind of a, a standard online event nothing nothing too special no nothing too crazy besides the cool format i don't think there was a ton of i think the most original list in modern was an elemental version was the awakener the one to haste the thunderkin awakener and even that is not like a brand new deck but it's not something you see every day um so no, but it was it was cool. The coverage it, it was good. It was um, you know, Sedi P, Carmen, and um, Nifet. Uh, I'm gonna butcher her name, but uh, three people that that are really good. The, the coverage was really good too. So uh, just a sweet event, you know. Okay, cool. Do we know when the next one is? Because I'll definitely try and catch it. No, I'm not sure. Sorry. Okay, that's that's okay. Well, I guess we should just move on to modern then. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I I played a bit of modern this week, and by I say I played a little <laughs> bit. I played one league on Card Market's Twitch channel, but yeah. um, had to play some blue white control. I've been loving the deck in the format, and honestly, you know, I <laughs> sorry, I know that uh, the modern meta game on mtg goldfish isn't the greatest reflection of the you know the meta in general but i keep seeing blue white control up there i think it's pretty good i 4-1 the league as well i know that isn't the best uh best kind of portrayal of of how good it is in the format but i really really like the deck and i copied your list i went on mtg goldfish and i copied your list but i don't know where i found it but have you played Oh, there, you came 27th in the Modern Challenge. Oh, maybe it was last week? Yeah. So I copied was, your last week list. It was it was a challenge. I played both challenges. Uh, I played Living In on Saturday. I went 5-3. and three. It was fine. I lost to Murktide twice, I think, and to Reanimator. Uh, beat up on, on some other decent matchups at some good draws in other matches. And I decided to mix it up. I played Blue-White Control on Sunday. And didn't go super well, but the deck the deck did feel good. Um, you know, I think we both played the version people have been playing the heavy on the solitude, the memory deluge, the chalice in the main, kind of the the stock version. And I think the deck is good. It still suffers from you're playing kind of a, a normal deck. You know, you have 25 lands. You have to keep five landers. You have to keep two landers. You're not these like super well-oiled machine, uh, 18 lands with bubbles and cantrips or, you know, the, the living in deck, the, all these like super low. I mean, when you look at all the best decks in modern, they're just all super low land count and you basically can't draw poorly. Whereas blue-white is, can be really, really good, but you still, you're playing kind of a, yeah, quote-unquote normal deck. Yeah, I think, well, what's interesting for me is I never really keep one-landers with blue-white, but um, this specific list, you're playing four Spreading Seas, and I found myself, I think, two or three times today keeping a one-land hand with Spreading Seas. 
as well as with counterspell, like I feel like you you kind of have like okay, if I can draw one land, I can spreading seas. It's an extra draw for a land. If I miss on that, I've got the counterspell as well. I feel like there's a lot of spots where a one lander is okay. You're on twenty five, but yeah, I do completely agree. It feels so rough to keep these low spell hands. But I also feel like there's a load of two for ones now in blue white. You know, in the past, your spells were never really like super good. You had to rely on the planeswalkers, whereas now I feel like I'm I'll happily keep like um Teferi Hero, Archmage's Charm lands in most matchups. As well as you always have the companion if you really have nothing to do on turn three. Um But one thing I I will say is I find it so funny now that Solitude is played as a four of when we never really even considered force of negation as a four of in blue white. And we are kind of, you know, the white pitch card was basically the worst pitch card out of all of the Modern Horizon 1 cards. Yet the white one in Modern Horizons 2 is the best one. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty insane. And honestly, Solitude for me has been like more than just the best card in the deck. It's like source to plowshares. I can tap out and not be afraid. It's a five mana threat. Like it's better than just like a naked Snapcaster Mage. Because it has lifelink, uh, everything about it, I'm loving it. As well as against decks like with Dress Down, I, I play against lots of like Death Shadow decks with Dress Down. If they just can trip, you can pitch just to play it. If you have like dead cards in hand and stuff, I've really like Solitude, um, and I, de- I I I personally love Four. Is that something that you also agree with? Yeah, I agree. I played Four in the challenge. Then I was trying to make room for Fire and Ice in the league I played a few days ago. I trimmed on Solitude. Uh, League went well, but I I did miss. I did feel like Solitude was just so so good. So I, I played another league since, and I went back up straight up to Force Solitude. I think it's kind of a no brainer. Pretty much every deck has creatures in it. Even the control decks, that card's just yeah. So everything about it is so so good, so obscene. Honestly, it's it's definitely the card that makes the deck. And I don't know who who was a really because people. Ever since it was printed, it was people were playing one or playing two, and I can't remember who was really the first person to start playing for Solitude, but um, yeah, I feel like it's a no-brainer now. Yeah, defo. Another card that I kind of, um, I think many people who watch my Twitch stream will say that I, I've definitely kind of bashed is Hall of uh, Hall of Storm Giants, the uh, the most recent man land that costs six to activate, seven seven with War three. Is this a card that you personally like in the deck? Because I'm starting to uh, open up to it more. I, I can't lie. Yeah, I, I definitely like at least the one copy. I've been playing one hall, one colonnade. Mm. And it is a big deal that colonnade comes into play tap in the early turns. But I, I've had both been good for me. I can't figure out if there's one that's better than the other. If you want both, you know, sometimes maybe you're going to draw both and you'll have the, the choice. I, Hall was nuts for me in one of the games, but in the league I played today, I was up against Liliana of the Vale. I guess that card's not very popular these days, so maybe that's not the greatest example, but it is, you know, at the end of the day, it is modern. You're going to play against a bit of everything, and if my colonnade had been a Hall, I would have lost because I I was on six lands, right? I I could start attacking Liliana when I got to six lands, so um, I, I feel like both have been good. And I think you definitely want to play some copies. I think at some point, 
people were not playing any man lands. It was just mostly castles. But um, yeah, both been good for me. I don't have a great answer. For me, like Hall was Hall versus Colonnade was all over the place today. But like one thing that was, stood out to me is that in the control mirror, my opponent was just plussing their Teferi Time Raveler. And and then I just killed it in one hit with the hull. I think they just forgot there was a hull on the table. Because I like played my lands up to six mana, uh, six extra mana. And then I just attacked it for seven. So that to me was big, like killing a big planeswalker against Death Shadow. Obviously, they're burning themselves down to about ten. They're down to ten. Then you just smash in. So that won me a game. Um, obviously, Colonnade does Colonnade things. You know, it kills Planeswalkers. It has Vigilance. That's nice. It came up against... Um, it came up that I couldn't hold up double counterspell because Hall taps itself when it attacks. It only has Ward 3. It doesn't have Vigilance. Yeah. So that's relevant. But, uh, you know, they have their... Pl like I feel like right now, where these two cards are at, it's similar to when Castle Ventress and Castle, Castle Ardenvale were things. What are you meant to play? So it'll level out. But I feel, honestly, I'm leaning more towards Hall of the Storm Giants because already Memory Deluge has shown itself to be good because you can flash it back a lot, and that's a lot of mana. And if you're finding yourself time in the format to flash back Memory Deluge, you can probably find time to attack, like you can find time to pay for the 7-7. Seven, seven. Um, yeah. What else? Uh, I think something... I, I believe someone on Twitter mentioned, or maybe even I mentioned it. There was someone like talking about blue white, and I asked, you know, how many chalice of the chalice of the voids you meant to play? Because the list you played as three, I thought three was pretty good. It didn't feel dead in many matchups today or at all. I mean, chalice on one is pretty good against most decks. So, you know, do you, do you have kind of a have you made any changes to this list? I guess I should I should really say because you're talking about this being a stock list. And people were coming in my Twitch chat today saying, like, oh, you shouldn't be playing, like, a Jace. You should be playing three or four Memory Deluge. You know, three Chalices, too few. Like, what what are the numbers looking like for you right now with the, with kind of the, the main functioning cards of the list? Yeah, I guess we could maybe just go down the, the entire main deck anyways and talk real quick about the numbers. I, I haven't played a ton of matches, and it's so hard to get... The, the numbers exactly right but so in the list i played in the challenge I had one chase of mind sculptures two five mana teferi and four teferi time raveler as far as planeswalker go a lot of people think that chase the mind sculpture is just worse than more memory deluge and it is possible it is also kind of matchup dependent i think uh jace was solitude against people who are not very good at pressuring jace um is, is a sick combo, and you have Chalice of the Void. A lot of people will bring up the, oh, Jace just died too easily to Unholy Heat and whatnot, but Teferi can die to Unholy Heat too, and you have Chalice to protect it. So this one's kind of up in the air. I think two Teferi Hero of Dominaria is good. I think four Teferi Time Raveler is maybe not like the super sacred cut. It's people have made it out to be in the past few weeks. You see every list just has four Teferi Time Raveler now, and I, I do think the card's really good, but I've been trying to fit these these copies of Fire Eyes that, that have been good for me. So, you know, something's got to go. Then you have four Solitudes. 
I think that's we agree at cards like obscene. You get four prismatic hand. I think that's pretty mandatory. Are super flexible. Um, I actually just copied the list from Pete Ingram that he played in the SCG Envy, and um, he he was playing the breeding pool, and that that breeding pool was good for me. I don't know if it came up for you in your league uh, that you got to end anything yes. before. You did. Yes. So actually, my opponent played an Urborg and then hard cast a batter skull. So I prismatic ending for five. <laughs> on the batter skull. <laughs> um, that we was the only time it came yeah, up. Yeah, we're actually talking about that. Someone brought it up that, you know, should you play Breeding Pool or Watergave? And they actually brought up the argument of like, are you going to play against Urborg more or the green one, the Yavi Maya more, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of sick that it actually came up. Um, yeah, ending's good. Verdict, I play, I play free copies. Some people feel like maybe you don't need all three copies, but every deck's a creature deck. I think that card's super good in the format, especially game one. I think against a deck like, is it Murktide? It gets much worse after sideboard because they have Blood Moon and Jace to punish you. But I think it's uh, a good game one card for sure. Just flexible, powerful. You know, you can even see this with a force in the sideboard. Then... Instant, four charms, four counter spells, two memory deluge. Um, no cryptic command. I don't know. What do you think about no cryptic command in these lists? So that's something interesting. You know, you mentioned like Jace versus memory deluge. And um, I actually played against Blue Moon today. And they played Blood Moon and then spreading seized my basic planes. So I had no white sources. So I couldn't ending the Blood Moon. I didn't have cryptic command, so I can like bounce draw my planes. So my I won with Jace, like the one of Jace, because I had a Charleston wow. one, and the person said in chat they only had mystical disputes in hand. So honestly, I hmm, no cryptic. I missed the tap draw, but I feel like it, most aggro decks right now are playing mystical dispute or counterspell, and the tap draw does nothing. Your verdict is your cryptic command right now. Yeah. Like, I feel like when you're going want cryptic, it's your verdict because everyone's playing creatures. Yeah, I I do miss sometimes. You know, the it kind of bridges the gap nicely if if ever you get to counter drawn four. Um, but yeah, I haven't. I don't feel like I've missed it too too much. Not playing it this weekend in the past couple leagues. I feel and like. I, Archmage's Charm is your cryptic, right? Like, if you're drawing two, that's similar to counter... Like, it's the same amount of cards as counter draw. If you steal, they have to kill it. That's, like, counter draw. So, yeah, I think it's just Charm without the bounce or tap. Yeah, a little bit of that. And there's also Memory Deluge, I guess, where, you know, maybe you, you, you Delusion and you get to play two spells on the next turn or have, like, a really good turn five, turn six, so makes up for for that um i don't know i've been seeing a lot it used to be before all these sets you were playing blue eyed control and you had to play bad cards you know you had the choice between a bunch of mediocre cards and now you just have the choice between so many good cards um one card that's notably missing from pete's list slash my list and the list you played is is shark typhoon too um it's just i guess there's no room for it and i don't think it's as good as it was before because because of charm 
you can just steal the token. In the matchup where it used to be the most important against other control decks, um, it's it's really not that good anymore. Not only do you have everyone playing four charms, but people don't even play Path to Exile anymore. So they're just going to kill your shark with either Teferi Minus or Prismatic Ending, and it doesn't feel good anymore. It used to be that, okay, you shark, they have to path it, so you like drew a card and they give you a land. It's pretty big, pretty big advantage. And now it's kind of like whatever, you know? Yeah, I, I, I also think like, I don't know. I I didn't have them in my deck today, and I didn't miss them. Yeah. That's that's one thing. Like people are like, "Oh, why no shark? Why no shark?" Yeah. Well, I've copied the list, and I didn't even realize there was no shark. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, "Oh, that's that's probably why then." You've got memory deluge too. That kind of, you know, the seven mana flashback is basically you win the game. You know, if ever you get to to end of turn a, a deluge and you're not absolutely dead on board, it's just gonna win you the game. So. You have the four solitudes too. Before before playing four solitudes, you kind of also need a chart because you didn't have a ton of win conditions. But now you have four solitudes. You have the the hall of storm giant, which is I guess somewhat hard to deal with. And you also play chalice. So usually against most decks, when the game goes super long, your chalice just nets you so much card advantage um, mm. that you don't really need proper win condition anymore. Yeah. So someone um or not someone, many people, my Twitch chat, they were like Snapcaster Mage in the sideboard? What? Yeah. Uh, is this something you're still going with? It is, but um I'm not sure it's great. The the logic was that there's a bunch of matchups where Kahira is either too slow or not impactful enough, and there's a bunch of matchups where maybe you have dead cards like in the mirror against Burn too. Okay, yeah, it's probably a little slow, and with Sunset Revelry, maybe you want Snapcaster Mage. I was I was skeptical, but I think in the challenge, anyways, I brought it in in a lot of matchups. The, yeah, I don't know how it was for you. It's weird too. Like it used to be that you wish you had thirty cards, in thirty cards in your sideboard in blue white, but right now it doesn't <laughs> seem like you need all these. You know. You kind of okay with fifteen. Yeah, I think I, I did sideboard them in a lot. Um I played against a lot of drown in the lock decks though today. Yeah. I think I played against two drown in the lock decks. Oh, I don't remember all the matchups because they were quite niche. I didn't really play against any like meta decks, but um any blue deck I I basically brought it in. Yeah. Because Snap Archmage's charm is just too good. Yeah, but I I completely get what you mean by like, um, not. Uh, what is it? Not want like not needing a massive sideboard. I'm finding it hard to take out cards because there's so many four ofs. There's so many good two for ones. Like, yeah, I'm just <laughs> lost in most sideboard matchups. Yeah, it kind of ties back to the other point of. You just have good cards now. You have Prismatic Ending, Super Versatile. I got Teferi. You have all these main deck cards that are so strong and versatile. Teferi Time Raveler, Prismatic Ending, Archmage Charm. Um, you know, they, they do it all. They, they deal with any kind of permanent. So you don't need all these like weird answers in the sideboard. I mean, obviously, it'd be nice to have four Ether Gust if you get paired against Ammo Titan, or it'd be nice to have. Uh, 
three or four Sunset Traveler if you get paired against Burn, but you don't even need it that much anymore. Like Burn specifically, I don't even feel like it's that bad of a matchup, um, even without any specific hate cards. So, yeah. Yeah, overall decent. I yeah. do like that people are playing Sunset Revelry instead of Time Reinforcements. I think the mana matters. I didn't get to cast it once today. Have you managed to cast it yet? No, I got paired against Burn once. I never drew it, though, but I, I did win the match. I guess a card we, we didn't talk a ton about is you were talking about it earlier, like the, the numbers of Chalice you should be playing in the main deck. At free oh, the yeah. challenge, uh, same. I made room for some Paradise, some dumps too. I feel like free should be too many, but I also feel like they win me a lot of games and I win more when I have more Chalices in my deck, I guess, even though it seems counterintuitive to me. That you would want so many chalice of the void when really you're just playing it on one, maybe sometimes on zero. Yeah, I, I actually did cast on two a lot today in the control mirror because I realized that if um if my opponent was saying, Oh, I have counter spell, if I put chalice on two, it's just four mana, you have to counter it. But um yeah, yeah, I, I, I do like three. I, do, I don't think you need four, honestly, right now, because I feel like there's a lot as well on the draw. It's really awkward to play it on one, especially if I counterspell in hand. Yeah, but you, you do like three better than two. Yeah, I think three was a good number, because I felt like when I drew the extra copy, uh, it was a bit more flexible in, like, if because there's a lot of Coligan's commands going around, so you don't yeah. you don't mind drawing an extra one in a aggro matchup, and I felt like Chalice on two was pretty good every time I cast it. Yeah. And then there's the last card is Spreading Seas. I played four copies on the challenge. And once again, that's what, one of the cards I trimmed to fit uh, some Fire Ice in the main. And I moved the Force One to the sideboard. But yeah, that card is is uh, is really really good as well. Um, it feels like the build like is kind of set in stone right now for the most part but we'll see who knows maybe in maybe someone you know there's also kind of people kind of just net deck locked i feel and maybe don't don't try as hard or um to innovate or tweak the builds or think think yeah you know i know for instance me i haven't been playing a ton so it's hard to when you don't play a ton to you'd rather trust other people who play more than you, someone like Wafo Tapa has been playing a lot of blue white. Mm. Okay. So what about the rest of the met what what actual what actual modern events did you play this week? I think you said you did a channel fireball video. Anything yeah, else? I, yeah, I played the two challenges and then I played a couple leagues. I keep losing to to Merktide. I lost I think I lost four or five times out of I lost every match I played, I think, against Blue Red Merktide and the in the past four, you know, two leagues plus two challenges. That deck's back. It it won, it won a challenge. Doom Doom Switch won the won the challenge. Was a pretty cool list. Well, pretty cool. Um, you know, you can tell there's a lot of thought that's gone into it. Uh, I think it's him. I think maybe one of our patrons slash sub slash viewers listeners at Penseur MTG. Um, he he had been doing well was was the deck as well and i think they were playing the same list they had a 
uh, one one brazer and borrow one explosives in the main, and free counter spell two one force of negation two spells pierce only free lightning bolt only one charm. You know the little tweaks they have. Um, the four consider and uh, no more. I guess the the kind of quote unquote big change is no more no more thought scour. So Harry, it sounds like you were. Uh, I remember that's something that that came up a lot. You know, people were asking, "Are you going to still be playing Thought Scour, or is Consider going to be enough, etc.?" And uh, it seems like Thought Scour is just gone. And I think it makes I think it makes sense. I think the card selection is huge. Um, makes me think a bit of whenever I was trying to play Peak over Opt in my control decks. You know, it sounded so good. You get to see their hand. You can plan ahead. You know when to tap out, not to tap out, and then every time you cast peak, it just feels so bad to not have that. Like you draw the, you know, you peak against a control deck, and you just draw that wrath of God, and it just feels awful. So, yeah, I like it. And I wonder if maybe that's, you know, little little consistency, little extra consistency that. Uh, you know, maybe maybe made the the deck gain a couple percentage points here and there. Is uh everyone else right? Nah, they're wrong. I'm right. Thought scour, <laughs> thought scour. Nah, nah, I'm joking. Yeah, I mean, if Doom Switch is backing it, I'm obviously backing it. I'm not a I'm not a brewer. I'm a player, so I just net deck. Yeah, so. and uh, one thing you love to see is they're up to they're up to two Jace in the sideboard, two Jace, two Blood Moon. These cards are really good against blue white. I'm trying a ton of other matchups. Two dress down to that card. I tried it and it was pretty good, but I felt like it was kind of a luxury. I guess not. I guess that card just kind of owns. You keep seeing seeing it show up over and over again. So yeah, congrats to Doom Switch. Won the modern challenge. Seems like there was a lot of a bit of everything in the modern challenge top eights. Nothing, nothing super new. On Sunday was Hammer Time that one, but straight mono white. We were kind of hyping up the the version, the, the Black Splash last week, and Nico Boni won the the mocks, even though it was you know technically just four matches, but he he won he won the mocks was the Black Splash and Hammer Time. This was a, a version all different though. No Lurus and a Sword of Fire and Ice, two Paradise Mantle and Nettle Sis, and four Steel Shapers gifts. So I guess that's kind of Kind of something a little different. I'm I'm kind of shocked. I feel like Loris just so obscene. You know, arguably the best card they've printed, and you know, maybe Loris iteration, maybe Yorion, uh, and yeah, getting it done was was, was no Loris. Yeah, congrats. I I definitely think that I've been seeing way less hammer time in uh leagues i haven't played against it once i mean i know i'm not playing much magic right now like how many leagues of modern have you played this week what what's kind of your interpretation of the league meta right now i don't know the league meta is always so random i played a league today i played against yeah. it was funny it didn't make me feel too good about blue white because i literally beat the free non-meta deck i beat each run i beat black green and i beat Something else as of the beaten path, and then I lost to Merktide and I lost to uh, Amulet Titan. So sure, I went three and two, and all my wins were two O's, and my losses were somewhat close. But 
never feels great when you beat kind of the tier point tier 1.5 tier 2 decks and you uh just lose oh yeah i, I played against a tokens deck just white black tokens <laughs> was the the card you were talking mm. about earlier the the pitch modern horizon one uh Anthem. You actually said it was the worst one in the cycle, but I think there's the black one and the red one that are basically unplayable. So the white one. The black one was played. The red one. The red one's like tokens. The black one was not played. The like sweeper. If I don't even remember what it does. If if destroy all creatures that enter the battlefield this turn. Yeah. I remember it was played once. I don't remember why. Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of interesting that that hammer time list. Maybe they decided. You're not gonna win the grindy games anymore. The way the meta is shipped, it kind of makes sense, right? Because a lot of the decks are just so grindy and so just have so much card advantage that your lures isn't even a big deal anymore. So they're like, all right, I'm just gonna go all in on having as many nut draws as possible. And maybe they figured cards like Sword of Fire and Ice and Nelithis was well well positioned. I'm not sure. It's just kind of you know, theory crafting right right now as to why uh, why that lives it well, why why no Luras. Mm. I'm honestly not sure. Yeah. Um. And one last deck, personally, I wanted to talk about. I I I took a look at the prelim results, and you've got House of Mana MTG. I believe House of Mana MTG was one of the mocks. Uh, you know players and you, you saw them back on you know logan got right saturday you know was the mox he was really disappointed and he just got right back into the mix on sunday he actually top for the modern challenge was uh the same same deck he played the the yurian uh yurian amf file and i think house of mana mtg was another player who, who had a, a rough mox I, I believe he was maybe two and no in both formats and both times lost the third round so he kind of had two win and ends in some ways in the tournament and, and, and loved both times in, in vintage even modern. And um I hope I'm not just mixing up two players, but uh yeah. Anyways, how some mana played he 402 prelim was a really cool list. It's basically four color control. It's uh, it's like blue white and omnath smash together because you've got Jace, free Jace the Mind Sculpture, two Teferi, four Teferi Time Raveler. Three Ren and six, two five mana Teferi. I meant you have three Omnath, four Solitude, four Iteration, four Ending, two Verdicts, four Counterspell, and three Force of Negation. Only 24 lands, but I guess you have the, the Ren and six and the Iteration. So it's, yeah, kind of all the best cards of Blue White and all the, the busted, you know, Omnath cards, as well as three Force of Negation to back it all up. So, yeah, I, I definitely, definitely want to try that list out. See if uh, you know it's kind of a fluke, or if the deck is is anything special. Only uh, cheap, cheap one thousand five hundred tickets on Magic Online. Oh yeah, that's the yeah. I guess it's not a Yorion deck. That's how you make you, you make it go over the top. <laughs> you make these decks Yorion decks. Make the the deck the most expensive possible deck. That's um, disgusting. So yeah, that that list looks looks cool to me. Yeah, definitely. I think honestly, Omnath is one of the scariest creatures in the format right now. Um, to play against. I mean, obviously, I'm biased. And I'm a control player, but I also feel like there's not many ways to really kill it, right? Prismatic ending is hard to. I guess. Oh, solitude. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I wonder if we talked about it last weekend, and I wonder if people are going to start playing Cavern of Souls again in their creature decks in like Omnath, etc. Because we were actually talking about how Blue Red Murktide was really good, but then stuff like Cavern of Souls was pretty rough, and I don't even remember what else we mentioned, but I wonder if that's what you know happened. Maybe these these uh, you know dispute just being in a really good spot right now and Merktide taking a little advantage, you know, maybe also just, yeah, I guess that consider giving extra consistency. Maybe people figure out the right, the right sideboard cards. Um, you know, I, I was kind of surprised at Blood Moon at first, especially because I thought Alpine Moon was really nice in some matchups. But I guess you just, you guess needle something extra against uh, Blue White Control. Even though the, the card can backfire sometimes, but it, it also straight up wins you the game uh, a lot of times. Because Blue White's had Blue White's had an all-time low counts of basics. I think most players play four islands and one planes. So yeah, that's rough. Yeah, Blood Moon was definitely rough for me today. Like I said, because I just spreading seized my planes, and then <laughs> I I only had the Jays. Yeah, you only have one plane, so you can't even really get lucky. Yeah, it's rough. All right. We want to talk a bit about historic. You're, um, you want to talk about historic, yeah. <laughs> right, I'll make it quick. There was an MIQ this weekend qualifier for Arena Arena Championship. I believe it qualified for the one that's happening in December. That's also going to be historic. And um, I honestly did not see a ton of uh, you know brag tweets about people qualifying. I know one of uh, you know one of my subs, Felix AJ. He qualified was John Citadel. He hadn't played a ton. He decided he didn't want to act too much was his opponents. So he decided to just play the the company version of the Citadel deck was Innkeeper. And he lost three games in 14 matches. So that was a super impressive run. Uh, I've been playing the deck a bit since. And it is, it is really powerful in matchups like... You know, there's been that green-black food deck with Lurus that's been popular, and that's a cool matchup because they can't really kill you very fast, and Citadel just wins you the game. They don't have a ton of counterplay to the Citadel. Um, you know, they can have Thoughtseize or maybe a couple of removal spells after sideboard, but that card's good in the matchup. The Evzen Auras matchup feels a little bit the same way. If you can live to Citadel, you know, you can slow them down, live to Citadel. Um, that deck's been kind of good for me. There's um, Abzan Auras that, you know, that new Enchantress really good, whether it's in the straight up Enchantress decks, in Abzan Auras. I played a deck that's maybe a little weaker, but fun to play. It's the four color Enigmatic Incarnation deck. And that card is just really, really good in that deck, the, the, the one two Enchantress. So any deck that can play that card kind of got a a nice nice boost and um uh i was i was pretty impressed with abs and Zoras in general i think it's a pretty solid deck i think i have not played is phoenix but i i do lose a decent bit against phoenix phoenix probably one of the best decks in the format um you had a streamer i think he it's the foray d-a-f-o-r-a-e uh, i think he streams in english but maybe he's italian he uh he qualified with modern green just modern company stompy and um, 
that's that's one deck I, I think i'm actually going to play it after the, the podcast i, I want to try it out see how it feels but um you know somewhat of a not standard because you have company and minor elf but uh he was playing all gross troll and the new uh the new human werewolf the two drop that can draw you cards uh what else oh there's uh there's turns too people have been playing is it turns uh, I saw just before we started recording, Seth tweeted about a deck he's been playing on his stream. Uh, Blue red turns, very similar to standard. Honestly, there's not a ton of there's. You get Archmage Charm and Anger of the Gods, but a lot of the cards are the cards you play in standard. You know, Unexpected Windfall, the Iterations, the Epiphanies. He even had like Jari's Disruption and um, some Spike Field Hazards. I guess you, you get on Holy Heat, and he 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 claimed that the deck's busted. So these are like green and is it turns? These are the two decks I, I want to try next. Um, what else? The the mono red deck, there was MJ was streaming his run. He was 4-0 into 4-1 into 5-1, and then he lost the last two on, on day two. Uh, so that was that was probably a little disappointed for him, but it was that was fun too. I, I was watching a bit on Sunday, uh, rooting for him. And um yeah, I guess a, a deck I said I want to try but didn't try is uh, Zan Zayed's uh, extra turn decks. It has, uh, you know, Chance for Glory, some Stifled, I think Gideon, and I think he was doing really well with it for a while on the ladder. I think it, he kind of felt it fell off a bit. I'm not sure if he's still super high about it, but um, yeah. No, there's a lot going on in Zurich. I think his rig's really cool format right now. On the ladder, there's still a decent bit of Niv. Maybe Niv is another deck that could use a little tuning. I think I would try and build it with not as many gold cards, but play Fatal Push and Thoughtseize. I think it's really rough right now for Niv if you're not playing Fatal Push. Oh, and I forgot what could arguably be the best deck in the format, actually. You've got a Mono White Humans or Mono White Splash Green for Company. Um, that deck's super impressive. Sentinel into Thalia when they're on the play is just um, almost no matter what you're playing. And it is weak to John John John's strategies, I think John Sack, but that deck's that deck's uh, that deck's strong. And unfortunately, control I think kind of sucks right now in historic. Maybe I'll go, you know, uh, try to 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 make control good, but it's it's rough. The threats are just so good as for Sentinel, Thalia, Phoenix, just it's all like in, in modern in some ways, you know. Um, yeah. Harry's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I actually totally agree. I've been playing a ton of Phoenix this past week. I've been struggling against Mono Green. Uh, <laughs> as well as I've been seeing Mono Black is making a comeback. As well as Rakdos has been a bit in there as well. No, I'm, I'm just talking out my ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, honestly, it's it's uh, like the format, and it's a format I have to practice for. Um, there's maybe a few cool cards after out of Crimson Vow. There's one card that could maybe go in the white green humans deck. Is the it's it's a one one for green and two, and it comes into play with two plus one plus one counters for each other human non token you have. So if you go human one drop, human two drop into that, it's a five five was war two, and if you hit it of a company, you know if you have a couple of humans cast a company, couple more play another one, and you know you get a 
as adapted the end play, but it can be like seven seven nine nine was War two. So I don't think there's going to be a ton out of Crimson Valve for anything but standard, but that might be one of the cards. Um, yeah, because there's I think there's only one day left of spoilers, but I think we probably look into the spoilers a bit more next week when Pat is back and we had time to kind of um, take a better look and think about it. Did you did you like check out any spoilers at all, Harry? Or I guess you're super busy with school right now. I'm just finding out that there's a new set with spoilers right now. I didn't even know there was a new set. <laughs> Harry's kind of like it's good because we get the perspective of the, the 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 person who maybe has a real life and doesn't have a ton of time. I, I'm not sure I'm a big fan of this whole like COVID kind of ending and you and Pat just being busy with real life (laughs) i mean for those i guess for those actually listening they can't see but uh i don't know if i said on the podcast specifically but i did a ballroom dance competition came sixth got a medal look at that i guess for those listening it's nice shiny and it says uh southampton university ballroom in latin dance yeah 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 i mean i guess i do like the sound of my own voice so Stop! Don't don't feel too bad about it. Yeah, I'm ready for spoiler season. Though. I'm ready to get every prediction wrong. I love that. I think I think I'm like one in ten to actually get a prediction right. I think I said Mystic Sanctuary was bad and Uro was bad. Yeah, the problem is that we never go back and we never keep track. We never go yeah. back. We need to do a better job at that because it makes for good content to to like take a look back and see what you got right, see what you got wrong. I'm trying to remember, like, is there any other busted card that I missed? I remember thinking Teferi Time Raveler was bad and Narset. I remember my friend Josh really? told me to buy. Yeah, he told me to buy a playset of both, and I said no. And then I actually, and then I bought them when they were like ten pounds each, maybe. Classic. Yeah, for- Force of Negation as well. I didn't think it was great. I only bought two. I'm I'm very bad at predicting cards. I I just net deck. I don't I don't predict. Yeah, I'm bad at predicting cards, and I'm kind of not a big like gambler, you know, investor and stuff. And I don't, you know, I'm kind of slow to get onto two things. I feel so. Yeah. I think my friend said he bought twenty. He bought like twenty Jace Vrince prodigies at like six pounds each. Yeah, and then and then they went up to fifty each. Wow. Yeah, and he sold loads. Yeah, you know, he made so much money. I also saw like a post of like someone collecting Stoneforge Mystic from since it was banned or whatever, and they had like they had like a whole binder full of them. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and then obviously got unbanned. So uh-huh. that like some people make mad good investments. Yeah, but then some people do the same thing with cards that never get on ban or something. I mean, in general, yeah. investing in, in magic cards is not terrible, I guess. But if you are going to invest, then I recommend you buying them from Card Market, the sponsor of the podcast. <laughs> Boom. And I guess if we're talking about paper magic, should we go into the uh, angle shooting talk that we were kind of doing before the stream? Yeah, it came up and we said maybe we talk about angle shooting. And yeah, okay, go ahead. I'll. I, I'll let you lead and I'll see. Uh... Okay. So this angle, sh- I think my, f- like whenever someone says angle shoe, I always think of this story. It is a story someone else told me that they did. Um, 
So I think it was at like some GP and it was standard when blue white flash was really popular with spell queller and the um the five mana Sarah Angel. It's like five mana four for flash, everything gets indestructible. Oh, Avison? Yeah, Avison, that's it. And there was on the board a spell queller with a spell queller under it. Um on his opponent's side. And he cast um fumigate i believe okay. some either fumigate or like some board wrath and um for some reason they forgot about the spell queller under the spell queller right so it's just on the side of the table then he says go after he cast the fumigate opponent untaps draws cast gideon and then he goes wait a second we forgot about the spell queller trigger. We got to call the judge. Judge comes over. Like, hi, judge. I cast Fumigate. All the creatures were destroyed. Uh, there's a spell queller under the spell queller, yet we forgot about the trigger. So then the judge says, okay, that's fine. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to put the trigger on the stack now. So he <laughs> says, okay, I'm going to cast my spell queller and target your Gideon. And then, and then, the, and then he says, "Judge, is that how it works?" And the judge apparently had his mouth just open, like that, and he just said, "Yeah." And then no. the guy didn't appeal, and he let he let the Gideon get countered, and the guy conceded, and he won because his spell queller countered the Gideon. Dude, that's some that's some Ryan Fuller level of. <laughs> <laughs> that that is so so absurd. <laughs> and the judges, I mean. <laughs> that's that's kind of it doesn't even sound real it sounds made up you know yeah but the way i i miss i'm missing something there's a reason why they forgot the spell queller there was a there was like a pretty like interesting reason why they forgot the spell queller like i think the board was massive something like this but um yeah, yeah. that was that would that made me die with laughter when i first heard it um do I have any angle shoots myself? Hmm. I mean, my take basically when people talk about angle shoot is that angle shoot equals cheating. Okay. I mean, technically, I guess angle shoot is maybe kind of a gray area, but there's really not that many gray areas. Um, you know, either either your intent is to gain an unfair advantage and you're cheating. Or you're not, you know, you're not, or you made an honest mistake, and then that's what it was, you know. But I feel that the the the, the mad the magic rules are pretty clearly defined, and that you know either someone's cheating or they're not. There's there's basically no thing such as angle shooting, but you do have. Um, I mean, you still have to prove that, you know, for, for there to be cheating, there needs to be intent. And that's what's hard for the judges, right? When they have a, a sketchy situation, they you, you cannot always be sure, you know? So, I mean, I, I guess that's why there's different level of penalty, you know? There's like game loss or warning game loss, match loss. And then I think DQ is from for pretty much when they're pretty sure that person's cheating and there's very little, very little doubt about it 
Um, okay, so I've got a question for you then. What do you think of the Esper Charm Target Me angle shoot? Do you know it? Um, so yeah. Esper Charm is like the only target is discard. So if you say yeah. Esper Charm Target Me, you have to discard too. Would you call the judge and make them discard too? No, I think that's. Um, I think that might have been valid the way the game was played like 20 years ago or 25 years ago. But the way the way they judge now is they're basically not going to let you screw yourself over like that. So I think if you call the judge, it's more likely to give you a warning for unsportsmanlike conduct for trying to get them like that than... Um, then uh, the, the other way around, and your opponent's actually going to have to discard two of their own cards. Unless, I mean, I guess unless they've done it for some reason in other games, because I don't know, they're playing Reanimator and they're trying to target themselves. So that's like, but I mean, in general, you know, um, I think that's just, it, it depends on the way you rule. Like 25 years ago, I guess that would have been, fine you know to call a judge and get them to discard because it was kind of chess rules i want to say you know mm. just like really by the you know by what the card says i don't know however you want to call it but now the, the the spirit of the game i guess has changed and um you know even at, at pro tours i have a couple stories where i was not happy with the ruling but after cooling down a bit and you know i understood that's just the way the way it goes, you know, it's actually like twice in the same tournament and almost back-to-back -back, uh, rounds. It was Pro Tour, the Team Pro Tour, and I was in the modern team playing blue-white control. And uh, one of them was, they were playing humans and they go attack step. And I go, okay. And then they stood there for like 30 seconds thinking. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, I'm, so I wait. And then after thinking, they just like cast a spell. And I'm like, okay. And then they try to attack. And so, you know, we call a judge. And I'm like, judge, they said attack step. I said, yeah. And then they tanked and then they cast a, a creature. So clearly it means we went to attack, decided not to attack. And then in second main, they cast a spell. And then the way they ruled it was like, no, we're going to give a warning to your opponent for illegal Basically, the way they ruled it is they, it makes no sense that they would do that. And they were trying to cast a creature in their combat step, with it, which is illegal. So they rewinded to attack step, gave them a warning for trying to cast a creature during attack step, and they were able to attack me. And I argued, you know, now they know that I don't have cryptic command. This is unfair. They got unfair advantage, and it, it, it wasn't enough to, to sway the ruling. And there was another spot pretty similar where I think my opponent played Faithless Looting, discarded two cards, and then, oh yeah, I remember. So they cast Looting, discarded two cards, and then picked back one of the cards and discarded something else. And I was like, judge, like, they can't do that. And I, I was kind of clever, but it wasn't enough. Because basically they said, no, you can take it back because nothing has happened. And I argued that I could have surgical extraction in my hand as a because that was a pretty common sideboard card at the time for blue-white control. So I was like, well, 
technically now they know I probably don't have surgical because basically the the judge's argument is like no nothing has changed no information was gained so they can take it back and discard something else and I argued I thought it was clever but it wasn't enough that I could they actually did gain information I could have surgical extraction and now I know they know I probably don't have surgical extraction so mm. um because okay. I think it was like or so, there was a timing that I could have cast extraction basically, and but now they knew I didn't have it. So, but I was, and it was, it was pretty frustrating because I felt like my opens were just getting away with taking back mistakes. But I think it also makes sense. So uh, I guess that maybe gives you an idea of how judges rule at you know should rule and rule at high levels and stuff. I think I think I don't know if I angle shot this person, but uh, I guess I can get your opinion on it. And it was live as well, Card Market Paris, and um, I was playing the Blue White Mirror, mm -hmm. and I had four lands, and my opponent had six, and I was bad mana screwed, and I had like two Snapcaster Mages. My hand was so bad. I had two snaps, and my graveyard was no opt. It was like I think my graveyard missed Mystical Dispute and Force Negation. And I was like, okay, the way I'm going to win this game is by beating them down with just naked snaps. Because they're just going land, go, land, go, land. Like I'm, uh, like, And I'm going to start having to discard. So I'm like, on your end step, Snapcaster Mage. And the person's like, uh, let me see your graveyard. I'm like, yeah. He looks at it and he's like, you only have Force of Negation and Mystical Dispute? And I was like, yeah. He's like, you don't have an opt in your graveyard, right? I'm like, no, you use your eyes. Yeah. So then he's like, okay, that's on the stack. And he's like, I'm so confused. He literally tells me that. And then he's like, okay, my own Snapcaster Mage. And I'm like, crap, how has he had the read? You know what I mean? Because he's only got Cryptic Command in his graveyard and Force of Negation. So he's like, Snapcaster Mage. I'm like, okay. And he has a thick graveyard. And he like pulls his graveyard back. And then he goes, I'm going to target Force of Negation. I'm like, what the heck? I'm thinking to myself, what? I mean, yeah. like, okay. So I'm like, okay, that resolves. And then he goes, can I cast this force of negation in your turn? And we're on his end step. And I'm like, yeah. no, that's not how Snapcaster Mage works. Yeah. So then he goes, oh, okay, I'll target Cryptic Command then. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, you cannot. I was literally like, what? No. And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, let's call the judge. But it was feature match. So there's actually a judge listening to everything. So I'm like, judge, he just targeted force of negation. I said, okay. And then he said, can I cast this in your turn? And then I said, no. So he's asked me to change to cryptic. And then like you said, like you have to say information's gained. He asked me a question. I answered it. So he changed his, he changed his play. And then the judge is like, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're not allowed to change the target. And then the guy goes to the judge. He goes, but judge, he's confused me by playing Snapcaster Mage with those spells in his graveyard. <laughs> so then I'm just like, what is happening? What is happening, bro? This guy, and he, are, he said it a few times as well to the judge. He's like, but judge, it makes no sense. Snapcaster Mage is a value spell, and he's playing as a creature. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I swear. You have, the, you have the weirdest stories. I guess like I, you don't get these stories, a ton of these stories, by playing in. I mean, not to brag, but in playing in pro tours and stuff, because people actually know the rules. Yeah. Uh, so then, I don't. Um, so I'll say that you're definitely. I would do the same thing in your spot. I don't think you're angle shooting. You're just, you know, 
Um, not trying to not let them take back something, which is fine. I don't. I honestly don't know what the proper ruling was. Ruling is in in that spot. Um, I'm yeah. guessing. I, I honestly, and I feel like they should not be able to change targets. But in any case, I don't think you were angle shooting. I think it's you know you made your case, and it's the judge to decide. What what else happened? So then. Then, what else did he do? He did something else that was really... Uh, let me think. That opponent was very interesting. But what was it? Um, I actually, I guess to finish that story, I did win that game by being down with naked Snapcaster Mages. It was sick. And then he had Supreme Verdict, but I had Spell Queller <laughs> to, to win the game. But it, it, was, it was a lot of fun. I'm trying to think. I've, I've actually been angle shot. And I told the judge we're being angle shot. And he said, oh, sorry, there's nothing I can do. So this was, it was a team trios event, literally the week after, I believe, um, Gitaxian probe got banned in Legacy. And everyone's like, oh no, Delver's dead. Something like, something like this. Um, my... Uh, I was in standard. I I won. This was when Goblin Chain Whirler Black Red was like so dominant. Modern Storm lost, and it's Legacy as like the final one. And it's our opponent is playing uh, Mono White Death and Taxes, and we're playing Sultai Mid Range, and we're winning. They've got like one card in hand. They've got like 10 billion lands and none of them are, are value lands. And we have a Lily Veil in hand. And there's a, a rest in peace on board for the Death and Taxes player. Because obviously we're playing we are playing like Grim Flare and Tarmogoyf. Okay. Um so we draw a Liliana of the Last Hope, the one that gives minus two, minus one. Mm-hmm. And our opponent just played a mother of runes, so it has summoning sickness. Yeah. So easy play. You play the Liliana, you kill the Mother of Runes, right? Play Lily. My teammate's like, Lily plus target Mother of Runes. It goes into exile. Go. He untaps, draws, plays an Aether Vial, says go. We untap, draw. And then my other teammate is like, oh, you must have bumped your Planeswalker dice. It's on one. Or whatever. Yeah. And then our opponent goes, oh, uh oh oh you you've paid the cost for minus two that means my uh mother of runes is alive we're like what are you talking about he's like judge judge and he was like judge my opponent said plus one on your mother of runes but they paid the cost of minus two so they should now minus two it and we're like well mate you've like, look at how many turns have gone by. You untapped, drawn, played an Aether Vial. Yeah. We plus one. We clearly said it. Why would we minus two? There's a rest in peace in play. The minus two is mill two, return a creature. Yeah. So we I, we say that to the judge. And the judge is like, "Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're going to have to rewind and you're going to minus two it. And I was this, just like. Where do you find these judges? I'm like, Dude. what? We're all there. Like, what? So he, the thing is, he rewinds. You're listening you're <laughs> magnet to like not low judges. He rewinds. He makes us minus two. Yeah, he makes us minus two. The, um, and he attacks the the lily, 
Uh, I somehow I, he like kills the lily with the mother runes. He attacks it, and I think we top deck fatal push. So something something like that. So like that. Oh my gosh! I was like, Judge, what the fuck is that ruling? He like made us put cards back, mill shit. Like, like it was so dumb. He's like, I'm gonna put a random card back from your hand. We're gonna mill it. This and, is so outrageous. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. How bad the judge is? It makes absolutely no sense. I mean, you're <laughs> just. Trying to get away, trying to pull a fast one, just cheating, lying to judge, and <laughs> making stuff up. It's just <laughs> paid the cost. I was like, bro, clearly someone bumped it. Like, nah, that's just that's definitely one of best. One of the best things about playing on the pro tour is that the judges are all so good. You can trust them. They don't have like weird ego trips that you see in like. It's kind of like the same with players, you know, how mm. like mid level players that you know at local game stores they kind of like bad mentality and they're you know feeling tired to win and stuff and how like these i mean i hate talking crap about judges because they you know they usually do it for you know the love of the game and stuff but i mean i've had my fair of bad judges with the same same you know ego trip i had that story that i've told before or maybe not on the cast but it was it was gp london it was the gp actually uh made it all the way to the finals and lost to kai and i think it must have been in a tournament the day before maybe some some trial maybe i had like two buys or one buy and i was trying to get three buys anyways and i fill out my deck list and i get deck check and the deck's like the judge like your deck is 57 cards and i'm like no it's not and i can't and I'm like, that's sixty. And he was like, no, that's not a, that's not a four. That's a one. I'm like, look at my fours. Look at my one. It makes no sense. Clearly, that's a four, and that's why it's sixty. I'm playing four prophetic. I think it was prophetic bolt. I think I still remember the card. I'm like, look, I have four prophetic bolt in my deck. That one, one that you're saying is a one is actually a four. like, and he like wouldn't budge. I was like, what the heck? I was like, you make. I mean. My story makes total sense. You're just, I was, I was, I was, I was so upset. I don't even remember what happened after, but I mean, I got a, probably got a game loss or something. And so, yeah, it's, and the pro tour, the judges are like, yeah, they're all top notch. So that's, that's nice. Since I basically haven't really played many high level events that are not, uh, not pro tours. I haven't had to deal with, uh, that kind of stuff, which is nice. I'm trying to think if I have any more because these to me are like normal stories. That's so absurd that he Oh, this is one I've heard this is one I heard that someone witnessed. So I'm probably telling it poorly. But it was my friend was spectating a control mirror at a GP day one. And it and uh the one of the control players says player one says, On your end step, I'll flash in a spell queller. And then he untaps his lands. Player one untaps his lands. And then player two is like, judge, wait, can we rewind that? I might have a response. So then ju the judge picks up player two's hand and goes, oh, no, it's okay. You have no responses to make. And puts his hand back down on the table. <laughs> In the control mirror. <laughs> so then the guy just, so then player one just goes, okay, Jace. <laughs> Bro, I swear, I swear. The player one just goes, and Jace? <laughs> Bro, yeah. I swear. It was I've, I've, the funniest I've story I've ever heard. I don't know if I've witnessed these kind of stories, but I've 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 heard other stories like that where a judge looks at the handle player and makes like you should you should yeah, I was, it's, 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 
<laughs> Dude, I'm trying to think if I have any more. Um, uh, there was another one where at a PTQ on a Sunday of a GP, my friend said he was spectating an Etron mirror, and player one had a Chalice of the Void on one in play, and player two went expedition map sack it and picks up his deck and then he's like wait bro i have a chalice and then the judge said but he's already resolving it <laughs> <laughs> so they let him fetch a land they let him fetch a land i swear oh my God. <laughs> man there's still the wild, wild west out there i thought that was like over yeah 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 i uh, do I? Have, I want to think. I, mean, if I, I mean, have. You guys did vote for the Brexit after all. You might not be the the smartest smartest bunch on the other side of the the sea. Oh my! I I must have at least one more good one in the. Uh, Harry in the decided to ignore my comment. What? What? What was the comment? So I'm no, literally. Okay, let's move on. Okay, I'm digging deep. I'm digging deep. Um, hmm, angle shoots. Mm-hmm. Like deep in the trenches. Uh, you know, it's fine. We don't have to go through every weird. <laughs> story. No, I'm enjoying it because I can't lie. I I'm know farming. you're really into it. You're like, I'm farming all the Keck W's in the chat right now. Uh, nah, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out of good ones. I mean, I can tell you my favorite cheat story ever. Go on it's... then. Go on then. Cheat. Okay, let's go into cheating. Well, some people might call it an angle shoot, but it's it's clearly cheating. It's it's a prelease, I believe, mm. and I think it's limited. So players present deck, you know, and they're like, you know, do you want to 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 go who's first? You know, you usually like roll a dice, flip a coin, whatever. And the one guy's like, you want you just want to do it old school, you know, like lowest casting cost on the bottom goes first. I don't know if you ever did that on. That's how I started playing Magic. You know, we would just go lowest card on the bottom goes first. Um, if you ever did that to decide who goes first. I've heard that people used to say, like, that was the ante. Like, uh-huh. that was what you'd play for. So you'd, like, always show the bottom card. And no, if you lost, you maybe would give them that card. Anyways, so they do that. And my my friend's walking. I don't know how he caught it. It was kind of, I don't know fortune i guess but he saw him do that he was he was judging and then a few turns later he walks by or maybe he was watching me he was maybe he was playing against his friend or something and the guy just cast tunnel vision on turn six you know what tunnel vision does no it's a blue and five sorcery you name a card uh-huh. you player name a card and they reveal the the the, the cards of their deck until <laughs> Card. So you just named the card that the dude showed in from the bottom of his deck <laughs> first and just mailed the guy. And one guy was like, you know, he was like kind of oh good beats, you know, like he was like not gonna say anything. And my friend who was judging and was watching, he's like just DQ'd the guy like instantly. Oh <laughs> it was my. kind of genius. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why wouldn't you shuffle after saying let's look at the bottom card? Because you can't shuffle this after you picked up your opening seven, and I don't know, it's just a you know, it's a prelease, it's casual. Um, oh damn! <laughs> I've ha- I've had someone. Th- um, I mean, I only have stories of people thinking I'm angle shooting and them getting mad at me when they've just broken the rules and I've called the judge. 
like I have those stories, but I think I've actually told them on the podcast before. Yeah, Has, no, there's easy. never really been it like true. I've never seen like true, 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 true cheating apart from like one time when I was quite young. I yeah. already told it. I won't. I won't tell it too deep. But the guy basically like tricked me into not resolving a removal spell, and then said to the judge, "Can't you miss resolving a spell?" And the judge was like, "No, DQ you." Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I think that's kind of us, I guess, burnout and stories. But I hope, I hope that was a good section on the podcast. I, I think we should need to do more of these like story times because I'm sure Pat has so many of these as well. Like he's. Yeah, it feels like the, I mean, my memory's not very good, so it's gonna be the same same stories every like four podcasts. I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't mean every time, yeah, but I, I do love cheat stories. I, I mean, who doesn't love a good like? cheating story yeah yeah okay defo damn well i guess this kind it, of it does make the, the game look kind of bad and i think disproportionately you know then people are gonna be like ah oh, cheating is rampant and it's like all oh, there is and you can't win and mm-hmm. yeah. i mean I, I remember thinking that because also i grew like grew up playing playing the game when it was like you know there was a lot of weird shady stuff going on a lot of you know, decent amount of cheating and stuff. So in my mind, it was, it was, it was rampant, but it really, it really wasn't when I made it to the, to the GP and the PD. In my mind, it was like, oh, these guys are winning the most just because they, they bend the rules and they cheat, and I'm never going to be able to win. But that's just not the case. Mm, yeah. Okay. All right. Should we put our lives on the line? We should. So I guess for those new listening and don't know what life on the line is, it's a theoretical tournament tomorrow. If you win the event, you live. If you lose, you die. And you got to bring a deck list from every format we talked about today. I'm personally going to do modern. I guess, Gab, you can give your historic deck if you'd like. In modern, modern, just modern. Okay. For me, modern, I'm really confident in blue-white. 4-1 today. I only lost to four-color um, bring to light scapeshift. I, thought, I think that matchup's like decent. I just kind of had clunky draws, and they had run in six um, both games. So I'm going to go with blue-white. Hope I don't die. What about you? Tough. I think I might just go with blue-red Merktide, given the results of past weekend and me just losing to that deck every time I play against it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, cool. And then I guess we should uh, do the price is right. Yeah. Uh, what card do you want to do? What card did we talk about a bit today, or what? Because we've done, we've probably done Solitude, or have we done Solitude? Yeah, we have. It was forty. It was fifty. It was fifty. Um, what um, did we do? Omnath. Yeah, I guess we could do Omnath. I have no idea. All right, let's do Omnath. Okay, I have an idea in my head. Um, let me think about it. So cards played basically. I guess modern old pioneer was it mythic ban and standard. All right, I have I have a number. Okay, three, two, one, eight. I was I'm going with fifteen euros. I'm probably overshooting. I think I, I keep overshooting cards, but we'll see. Well, I have exactly eight euros seventy six in my card market account, so I might cop it. Oh, baby. 30-day price trend, euro I'm so bad. Finally. I think finally, every Magic I've card's just one. so expensive. Finally. Damn I it. finally won one. Yeah. Okay, easy. 
I guess to finish off the episode, as always, Gab, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, uh, streaming pretty much daily, twitch.tv slash yellowhat. Um, on Twitter, at Gamnasif. And I also have a YouTube channel. I'm going to upload the podcast to that YouTube channel. So if maybe next week, instead of listening to it, you want to watch it there, you can check out also the Twitch VODs. And uh, yeah, I've decided to start it. You know, I might make an effort to upload more content to YouTube and not just with my VOD. So, for example, today I uploaded, um, you know, top top magic cards out of Crimson Vow for standard, you know, card that might have the biggest impact. And um, yeah, we'll see how that goes, but kind of excited about it anyways. Awesome. I guess you can find me editing thumbnails for Gab's new YouTube channel. And uh, you can find me every Wednesday on Card Market's Twitch stream. I'm so busy right now. Honestly, I don't know. I honestly don't know if I'm going to be back on my Twitch and YouTube. I can't lie. I've been on an almost three-month hiatus now. I'm wanting to come back, but it's definitely tough. It's tough to find time even for the podcast, really. So, um, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Harry MTG everywhere, but right now, just look for Card Market stuff. But then I guess we should thank people watching on YouTube today. Not only just listening uh, to the podcast as well as shout out to the Twitch chat, 437 people watching right now. Hope you guys enjoyed as well. I guess thank you so much for the listeners who made it this far. And also thank you to anyone who left a review. You don't go unseen on the iTunes as well. Thank you so much. We appreciate the feedback. Yeah. I guess we'll catch you guys next week, hopefully with Pat. In a yeah, bit. It's, basically, it's basically Harry's highlight of the week when you, when we get a good review and someone <laughs> put, you know puts in the time to write something nice. And it does, it, it means a lot. It, it's yeah. Yeah, thank you so much for watching and listening, everyone. Hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Yeah.